Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation, so sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Stitchers, thank you very much for joining us for today's episode of the Stitch Please podcast. We are talking today about DC Frocktails. This was a party that just happened a few days ago. I feel like I am marginally recovered from the event on Saturday night. I'm recording here on Monday morning. And so I'm calling this episode DC Frocktails a love story. This is going to give me a chance to talk about the black ass good time that I had at DC Frocktails. I had so much fun, as well as to make space for an interview with Naomi P. Johnson, who I consider to be the heart and soul of DC Frocktails. And I'm going to have her on a little bit later in the program to talk about her vision for the event, um, why she wanted to bring it to D.C., and how she managed to do it in such a short time. But to begin, I wanted to talk about um, the, the D.C. Frocktails from my perspective and a little bit of the, the pregame that we did uh, with a group of friends from Black Women's Stitch who came from all over the country, um, near and far, as they say, to um, support this event and to commune and be together in this really beautiful space that Naomi and her team created. So in some ways, um, I think about D.C. Frocktails as, uh, I think, I think some I remember reading somewhere on one of the Instagram posts as a dream come true. Um, and I think it really is a powerful affirmation that if you have an idea um, that it is it is something that's worth feeding, it's worth cultivating and nurturing, because when you bring it to fruition, chances are that the dream that you had is also a dream that other people have had. And, um, you know, somebody's got to dream it, somebody's got to do it, and it could totally be you. Um, and this was something that for me as a curator of Black Women's Stitch, I think for me after feeling so uh, isolated in um, majority white sewing spaces, that to create Black Women's Stitch um, was, you know, something that I wasn't sure was even possible. But when I did it and continued to do it, I continued to get signs from the community, signs from the divine, signs from the universe that this is a good thing and a necessary thing and something that is not just useful for me, but there's lots and lots of other folks who are grateful for it. And I think that DC Frogtails seems to follow that same path. And that's something I was so excited about to be able to support. Black Women Stitch um, supported DC Frocktails in a couple ways. We, um, I went on and did a live, an IG live video on the Tuesday after ticket sales opened up on Sunday. I think ticket sales opened Sunday, December 1st. And by Tuesday, which is the time that I was on the live, they, um, my IG live video, they had all been sold. And I remember because, um, there was a woman who was thinking about coming from Dallas. I was doing a live video because I was procrastinating. I say it's not procrastinating, it's procrastinating, C-R-A-F-T. That's usually when I jump to do like a bunch of craft sewing related projects in addition, instead of, not in addition to, instead of doing my actual work. And so I was procrastinating and got on IG Live and started just talking and chatting with people about, you know, me being excited about going to DC Frocktails, blah, blah, blah. And um, people were trying to figure out how to get tickets, et cetera. And uh, I remember Lois Monet was the person who I think she bought the actual last ticket that was available. And this was, again, just three short days after they had gone on sale on Sunday. And so that was a lot of fun to kind of help generate some of the enthusiasm around the event. Um, And then um, we 
also, Black Women's Stitch also got a ticket as a giveaway that we could give away. Um, and since this things had been so scarce, um, it was a pretty popular giveaway. And I believe so Shana, so Shanna on Instagram won our ticket. And she was there at the event on Wednesday and she was so excited and it was so great to see her. Um, I feel like I wish I had taken more photos. I tried to get a lot of photos and post them on my stories and post them on Instagram. But I think, you know, I think everyone, well, many people have had the experience where you're trying to decide between documenting the event and just being in the moment and enjoying the event. And I felt like I was very much in the moment enjoying the event. Um, and that kind of took precedent precedence over the documentation, though I did try to get some documentation too. And there was a professional photographer there as well as a photo booth. So there are other, there are photos out there and I cannot wait to see those. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the pregame. I call it just the pregame that we did in advance of DC Frocktails. Um, and there's a super early pregame where we're trying to figure out how to, like, make our outfits. And and by we, I'm talking about um, the folks in Black Women's Stitch um, who came through for the event. Um, people were sewing, 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 sewing at the last minute. Um, one of my friends was sewing in the hotel. She had bought her sewing machine so she could finish sewing her outfit for the night. Um, it was just, it was so much great enthusiasm. This same friend, um, she can find her at Instagram at SoDD. She was like, I decided to get a hotel room at the last minute because I wanted to hang out. <laughs> and so, like, it was just so wonderful. And I'm saying all this just to say that um, sewists do, I think, tend to like to sew in community. And that I think because sewing can be such a solitary activity, it's just like you at the sewing machine, um, that when we get a chance to kind of get together, it's something that I think we're really excited about. And that's something that I love. And that's why I created um, Black Women Stitch and the Stitch Please and the Beach Week and all of that so that Black women could come together in a way that doesn't expose us to the toxic and racist harms that we face in every other aspects of our lives. Um, and so in many other aspects of our lives, and I, again, as I, as you all well know, I do not apologize for that. Um, I do center black women, girls, and femmes, and that's what I'm, that's who I'm, that's who this podcast is, um, elevating and lifting up. It's available for anybody to listen. Um, but the, the folks that we are lifting up here are other black women, girls and fans. And I got to see some of those women this weekend. It, it was a freaking blast. Oh my gosh. It was so good. I don't know if I can hear it in my voice, how tired I am. It was that much fun. So, um, we started the pregame like weeks and weeks before I was pretty proud of myself that I got half my dress finished maybe three weeks before the event, and then a week before, maybe five days before, to be honest, I got the second part of the dress finished, and then like two days before, I finished my accessories. So I was just trying to pace everything out so I could get all the garments sewn, plus the stuff from my regular life. <laughs> and so that worked out pretty well. So I felt really good about that. Um, so then on Friday morning, I picked up a couple of friends from the airport, some Black Women Stitch folks who came in, and that's um, Katrina the Maker and um, Quinoa Renee, who has Quinoa Renee Fabrics, this gorgeous custom fabric um, business, as well as, as I said, Katrina the Maker, who is... Um, just an amazing sewist and maker and entrepreneur. She's got like some uh, meetups in her home city of Houston, as well as, you know, all the other things that she's doing. So picked them up from the airport and our first stop is eating because everywhere I go, I look for the two F's, fabric and food. It is a great miracle that I did not manage to buy any fabric this weekend. I don't know, that is completely unlike me, but I did have some really great food. We went to Busboys and Poets, which is a small chain of bookstores that's dedicated to 
um, different social justice initiatives. And I believe it circulates around Langston Hughes. Langston Hughes used to be a busboy in D.C. And so I think, and also since Langston Hughes is apparently, obviously, if you didn't know, Langston Hughes is an amazing, well-renowned poet of the Harlem Renaissance and beyond. And so it was it was just great. I had read about the busboys and poets, but I had never been to one. And I think they have maybe four or five, but I went there and I'm happy to report that the food was good. I got a lamb burger and I got something called crab grits. I love grits. I love them. And I had never had grits with crab in them. So good. So that was great. And I bought a book. So I bought Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, The Water Dancer. I'm teaching it in my class next week. And I didn't have a copy yet. And so I read it books. I'd listened to it on Audible, which if you are sewing, I really love audiobooks. And so Audible um, is a subscription that I've had for more than 20 years. And I really like it because I can sew and do other things and also read. So I'm a bit ahead in my reading because that's since I did finish it on um, Audible, but I'm going to reread it in paper. And now I have a hard copy of the book to do that. And I got some of these pencils that are called like brilliant fucking pencils. And they have like all kind of things written, written on them, like write that shit down or you're fucking awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, this is my kind of pencil. So that was a great trip to Busboys and Poets. So after our trip to Busboys and Poets, we went to Three Little Birds, which is the sewing shop that was one of the sponsors of DC Frock Tales, one of the organizers. It was Naomi P. Johnson. It was um, Katie from Three Little Birds. And it was, um, I believe, DNS, which is an online fabric shop that was the um, the organizing team behind bringing DC Frock Tales to the DC metro area. And so we went to hang out with Naomi and to support and help and do last minute things. And it was such a, it was so much fun because it was very much like what you do when you come for a wedding or a gala or a big thing, you know, there's already so many last minute things to do and so many, um, things to get finished. And so your girlfriends and friends and family come through and help you do these last minute stuff as well as three little birds happen to have all these fantastic sewing machines. So some people were able to come in and finish their frocks, finish their dresses, finish their outfits. And while we were there, I know at least three people were working on getting their things ready for the next day. And so that was pretty exciting to be in the thick of things, um, to see, um, the the goodie bags get put together. Well, to see slash help the goodie bags get put together. Um, the to the cup decoration, all of these different things, um, to kind of be in the thick of it. And it was really wonderful to be there to support and to um, kind of be behind the scenes. And um, it was such a, a really great experience in um, getting to meet new people and know new people that way. It was a lot of fun. And so I was very glad that I could be on hand and other Black Women Stitch folks to be on hand to lend that kind of um, support um, to Naomi and the and the team. And um, so after that, and then another friend came through from Black Women Stitch, and we were all just having, you know, a black ass good time, pretty much, I would say. Um, it was a lot of fun. As I said, that was my whole goal for the weekend was to have a black ass good time. And I did. I really did. And when I come, when we come back, I'm going to take a quick break. Um, you're listening to the Stitch Please podcast, and we're talking about a special episode. All our episodes are special, y'all, uh, about DC Frock Tales. And um, coming up, we will be um, talking with Naomi P. Johnson about her experience and motivation behind creating DC Frock Tales. But I want to spend a little bit more time talking about my experience um, of being there and um, some of the fun I had. So stay here at stitch please the official podcast of black women stitch we talk a lot about sewing but if you want to see and not just hear about some of the things we've been discussing, feel free to join us on the socials. You can find us at Stitch Please on Facebook, and you can also find us on Instagram at Black Women Stitch. You can find photos of projects that we've been working on, 
really interesting social commentary. And on Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can join Black Women's Stitch for a live Instagram chat. Again, that's every Thursday at 3 p.m. So find us on the socials, follow up with us. We are happy to hear your direct messages. You can reach out to us at the Black Women's Stitch page on Instagram, and we'll help you get your stitch together. So the next day is Saturday. That is game day for DC Frogtails or game day for me, especially because I had completely forgotten about the Super Bowl, like utterly forgotten that it was happening and do not support the NFL in any way. So did not care. But I did care about DC Frogtails. We were all there for that. It was incredibly exciting. And so Saturday morning, we get up. And this is after being up late Saturday night. I think I might have gone to bed at 2 o'clock, I think. Um, I had done some planning with uh, Quinoa Renee Renee Fabrics. And if you check our Instagram feeds this month, you'll see a combination of uh, quotes for Black History Month with words of wisdom by um, black women, um, black women activists, artists, creatives, as well as just, you know, and poets, just all types of wonderful quotes um, just to have our daily dose of necessary black women wisdom. And for the backgrounds, it's these beautiful prints, which are fabrics by Quinoa Renee. So when you check um, our, my daily Instagram feed on um um, on the Black Women Stitch page as well as on her page, you'll see that the result of that collaboration. So we were up late doing that, and that was a lot of fun. So Saturday morning we get up, and it's like, okay, what are we going to do? And we all, we got up pretty much and went down to the cafe and the hotel. This was a wonderful hotel called The Hotel in College Park, Maryland. It was incredibly nice, um, very well appointed, very comfortable beds. And then they had a little bagel cafe with a fireplace, two fireplaces, comfortable chairs, so many coffee, so many different types of coffee and bagels and stuff. So we just sat and chat and got to talk with people who I hadn't seen in a while. And it was just a wonderful leisurely morning uh, to talk with folks. And then we said, okay, we've got to get ready. We've got to start getting ready. And what is that going to entail? So for some people, it entails, I need to go, I need to go to Joanne's and get some elastic so I can go back to my hotel room and finish sewing my dress um, or my outfit. Um, And then for the others of us, it meant I want to go to Joanne's has patterns on sale. Let's go look. Or no, I really want to get some makeup or I'd love to get my foundation done at Sephora. So it was all of these things we were trying to do. Um, The group that I was with, we decided to not go to Joanne's and to go instead to to go to Target and get some makeup supplies and then go to Sephora to get Color Match Foundation, um, which is a service that Sephora uh, offers in these little 15-minute increments. So I said, okay, let's go to the mall because the mall happened to have a Target attached to it and a JCPenney's, which happened to have a Sephora. They also had a Macy's. Um, and the Macy's had a Mac counter and I love Mac, but other folks like Sephora better because it has more choices and it has Fenty. And so I said, well, let's go ahead. We'll go to the mall. And then we ended up actually not even going to, um, Macy's because we had such good success at Sephora. So we go to this target in, um, at the PG mall. This is the Prince George's, or I think it's PG Plaza. It's called PG Plaza. And y'all, I have to tell you, I have never been to a Target that was so, I can't, that was so heavily surveilled. It was like, I was like, it, it was called the PG Mall, the mall at Prince George or the PG Plaza. I was like, does PG stand for prison guard? Because... There was so much security in that store. There was so much. I think I feel like they had more security cameras than they had light bulbs. Seriously, you look at the ceiling and every two feet is a black ball, which is meant to be a security camera. And this was all throughout the store. At the same time, 
they had like no registers open. So there's like, I think there's like 12 registers in the, in the, in the lineup and there was only three open and there, the lines are like 20 people deep for each line. And people are just patiently waiting, frustrated. But like someone behind me is like, why don't they open up more registers? Why would they only have three people working when it's a Saturday afternoon, which is a very busy shopping day? And that was when I came to realize that this is just an example of the type of surveillance culture that black folks are regularly exposed to, so much so that we naturalize it and get used to it. I was so upset. I was so frustrated um, by this because it's clearly an example of structural racism. It was so bad that I went back to the Target website to read how Target thinks about their stores because I was like, I do not feel like I am in a Target right now. And so just looking at this is the, the this is the blurb from the Target for this store. And it says, um, Target is committed to providing a fun and convenient shopping experience, offering highly differentiated products at affordable prices. We offer everyday essentials, products, clothing, blah, blah, blah. Our store is designed to make every Target visit an easy, enjoyable experience for every guest by delivering outstanding value, continuous innovation, and an exceptional guest experience by consistently fulfilling our expect more, pay less brand promise. Nothing like that, not one part of that mission statement showed up in the Target where we were. I had never felt so, well, targeted um, in a Target before. And some would say, at least in the, in the parlance or the language where I, when I grew up, we would call that a black Target. This is the targets that you have in black and brown neighborhoods. They have increased surveillance. People are not treated as customers or consumers. They're treated like suspects. Um, there was a time when we were waiting in these massively long lines. There was three security guards and a manager standing in the front of the store. And I was like, what, what is, why, why isn't someone like on a register making these lines go down? That's, I, I said this, they're not... They're, they're not for the, the security of the people or the comfort of the people. They are there to protect the store and its products from us. And so it was just all of a mess. I had one of the friends I was with, she was like, I got to the airport when I got back home to Houston, and we have less for surveillance in the airport than they had at that Target. And so it was really just a reminder of the kind of frequent surveillance and the frequent effects of racism that affects the lives of black folks all the time. And someone could say, sure, well, just don't go to that Target. If you don't like it, go to a different Target, go to a different store. But I shouldn't have to, and no one should have to um, feel like they could just drive across a certain zip code to get better service, you know, and we do this all the time. We make these kind of concessions, and I don't think it's fair that we should make them. We should expose them for what they are, which is structural racism and the kind of things that Michelle Alexander talks about in the new Jim Crow when blackness itself becomes criminalized. And that was something that we noticed even as we walked from the Target all the way to the under, other end of the mall to the Sephora in the JCPenney's where the security beep, beep, beep alert was constantly going off. No one came to check it. No one was stealing anything. No one was walking out with anything. It's just that security alert would just beep the entire time. And I asked one of the young women that was working there, this young girl, um, a teenager who was, you know, doing makeup. She did a great job on my makeup, my foundation matching. She was like, oh yeah, it does it all the time. And so she's working shifts that might be eight, eight hours or so, and it'll beep pretty much the entire time. And so like, that's another reminder of the security apparatus that surrounds the lives of black folks, even as we're just trying to do regular daily activities. Um, so while we're at Sephora, we got some really great makeup. I ended up getting a beautiful pencil, like a beautiful, um, I like to use their eye 
makeup, their eye crayons as lip liners. And so it was able to make my lips really like my lips, like this bright blue, which was the same blue of the dress that I wore. And, um, I was able to get one eye done to get one eye makeup done in this really extreme makeup. I think I'm going to have that picture be the photo. Um, one of the photos for this episode. Um, and cause it was really dramatic and I was really excited about my outfit. I was really excited, um, about being with my friends and it had been, an eternity since I had gone to the mall with some girlfriends. Like, I think it's, it's been decades. It must, I'm trying to think about like when the last time I did something like that was, and it might've been, it had to be over 30 years ago. Um, and so to be able to do that, um, this past weekend was just another example of one of the fun, great things that DC Frocktails, um, ended up meaning for me this past weekend. Also, when we got back late, of course, much later than we wanted to, much later than we expected to, because again, lines, 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 um, and, we got back and we got changed and everyone just looked so stunning and so amazing. And please do check out the DC Frocktails handle um, in order on Instagram, the Insta stories, the hashtag, the account. Um, and you can see more of the wonderful photos um, from that event. Um, I know I did a slow motion video thanks to Quinora and they um, filming it for me and I've edited it to make it a little bit shorter. But I was really pleased with my garment, which was um, a McCall's um, from the That's, That's So Monica did a challenge for a so your view and it was a pull over two piece very simple stretchy dress that had a drawstring on the side um and then i also made an overskirt out of a circle skirt tutorial from um hand by london um and i also used a curved waistband tutorial by style so me so between the two of those to get the curved waistband and then the style by london to make the the length of the circle skirt and then improvising to get the high low effect that I was hoping for. I was really pleased with how it turned out. And then I also made some massively gigantic earrings that were absolutely huge, but incredibly lightweight. Um, and I was really, and I was able to make those, um, pretty quickly. And I was so happy with how those turned out. So the whole look was incredibly dramatic, um, and just so much fun. And, um, it was such a really great time. And so when we come back, we will be talking with Naomi P. Johnson to hear it from her um, about her own um, perspective on DC Frocktails and to offer some tips about what you want to do if you want to have one in your area. But do tune in to the IG Live um, this Thursday at 3 o'clock. I will be probably going through the DC Frocktail swag bag so you can see some of the great swag that we had um, at the event. But Stay tuned for Naomi, who'll be coming up after the break. Hello, Stitchers. We have a limited edition opportunity for you to support the Stitch Please podcast and the Black Women Stitch project as a whole and get some more fabric in your collection. These are mystery fabric boxes of fabrics that have been divided into woven and knit. There's boxes that, that are stuffed with black and white fabrics. There's boxes of chevron fabrics. There's boxes of fabrics called, I think, adventure or nature or something like that. Um, and these are completely full of fabrics. These are medium flat rate USPS boxes that can be sent directly to you for $30. And that shipping is included. So if you're interested in building your stash or um, taking a chance on some really cool fabrics, let me know. You can DM me on Instagram at Black Women Stitch. Or you can send me an email at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com and we will send you a mystery box of very cool fabrics, $30 shipping and insurance included. And that'll help you get your stitch together too. Thanks. 
you are listening to the Stitch Please podcast, and we're talking about DC Frocktails, a love story. I was able to catch up with Naomi P. Johnson on Monday, which is today, but we'll be releasing the episode on Wednesday. I was able to catch up with Naomi a few days after this very successful DC Frocktails. Here is our conversation. Hello, everybody. I am delighted to welcome Miss Naomi Johnson, who is the heart and soul of DC Frocktails. Um, I met Naomi when she came to the Stitch Please retreat back in October of 2019, and she was such a delight. And then soon after that, she won a ticket to Atlanta Frocktails, where she went. Was that late October or early November? Um, won the ticket in late October. Atlanta Frocktails was on November 2nd. So on November 2nd, on November 2nd, she went to Atlanta Frocktails, and by December 1st, tickets were on sale for DC Frocktails, and they sold out in days. And so she brought her passion. She went to Atlanta Frocktails. She had a good time, and she said, I want to bring this event to my hometown, um, and... She did. And I was at DC Frocktails this past weekend. If you follow Black Woman Stitch on Instagram, as well as following Naomi P. Johnson and the DC Frocktails um, account and hashtag, you will see so much fun, so many beautiful garments and just so much joy. Um, So, Naomi, welcome to the program. I'm glad that you are recovered enough uh, to be here with us today. Thank you, Lisa. I'm happy to be here. I am barely recovered enough yeah, to be I, here myself. I haven't had um, uninterrupted sleep in weeks. I am completely exhausted, but in the very best way. Excellent. So can you tell us a bit about your approach to D.C. Frocktails? What were some of the goals um, for the event? What made you, when you went to Atlanta Frocktails, say, this is fine, but it's not it's not home? Tell me a bit more about um, what were you thinking? It, it wasn't home. I love Atlanta. I've been to Atlanta a few times because some very good friends went to college there and never came home. And so I visited Atlanta uh, several times since um, those days. Um, When I won the ticket, I was kind of on the fence about going. I had just been um, at Stitch Please for, I think it was, I think it was four or five school days. Um, And so I didn't know if I wanted to really burden my principal with having to find a sub um, or like anything that needed to be done to cover um, another absence. And at the last minute, I decided to go. And I'm happy I did. I went. I had a great time um, just being in community community with people who sew. Um I say a lot of times, like, sewing friends are the best friends because they really are. It's it's one thing to have, you know, my good girlfriends who see what I make and they're like, oh, it's so pretty, oh, it's so nice. It's another thing to talk to people who sew so, um, because then they understand what all truly went into making a garment or a quilt or, you know, um, an accessory um, they just understand it in a different way than people That's right. who don't so do. So I went to Atlanta. It was it was a lovely time. I really did have a good time. I met some people I follow on Instagram and whose blogs I read. And it was just fun to be in in community with people who sew. Um I have been I had been talking with um, Katie, who owns Three Little Birds, where I teach um, some garment sewing and host um, a social, um, a weekly social on Wednesday nights. I had been talking to her for 
a while been saying we should do frocktails. We should do a frocktails um, when we started seeing them crop up. Um, the first ones in Australia, and then they started to crop up in other cities around the world. I was going, we should do that. We should do that. We should do that. And just um, just making the suggestion um, intermittently. And then when I went to Atlanta, I, I just became determined. It was a good time. Um, but I, and I knew not, but, and I knew that if I was so interested and excited to go to a city where I didn't know anybody, um, then surely, even if it was just the people who frequent three little birds or who are in my Facebook sewing group, cut so where, if it was just us, it was going to be just as good a time. Um, so I got back um, to D.C. and said to Katie, we have to do this. Um, I won a ticket in a, an Instagram contest um, hosted by Spoonflower and Katie Cortman. Katie Cortman had been to Three Little Birds in September uh, for a fabric painting and color theory workshop. So I met her, and she's delightful. Um, so when I say I didn't know anyone in Atlanta Frog Sales, I actually knew Katie Cortman. But she's a bit of a celebrity, and so it wasn't like I could just stand and talk to Katie um, because she was um, kind of intermingling with the crowd and having a good time. So um, she came back to Three Little Birds in early November for another um, workshop, and she said... There is this lady, Tammy, who owns um, DNH Fabrics Co. Um, she, it's an online fabric store, um, and she's out in um, Northern Virginia, in the far reaches of Northern Virginia. She had been um, starting to have the idea of a DC Frog Tales as well. So when Katie was here for the November workshop, Tammy came over to Hyattsville and we talked about it, and we walked right across the street to Pyramid, where we have um, where DC Frocktails was held, and we talked to one of the directors, and we were like, "Listen, this is what we want to do. Do you have a date?" And they gave us a date, and it was off to the races from there. I think Katie was here um, around November 10th, something like that, and. Within a week, we had um, we had an Instagram account. Um, we started putting up teasers. I purchased the um, DC Frocktails domain, and with li- no, I'm not even going to say little experience. With no experience, Tammy got the website started for me, and then um, I, I we built a website. I, I figured out how to add links and put in pictures, and we kept building buzz um, for a December 1st um, ticket on sale date. And it, it kind of took on a life of its own from there. Um, tickets went on sale at 9 o'clock on December 1st. It was a Sunday morning. I was working my little part-time job um, doing childcare at a gym, and I had the computer open on the desk to make sure um, that there were no problems with the website and ticket ordering. And I just watched the tickets sell. First one, two, three, then 10, then 15, then 25. And all the while, Katie and Tammy and I were in a group chat going, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my God, oh, my God, do you see this? Um, As tickets sold pretty steadily for about 90 minutes, and then there was a lull in the middle of the day, um, and then it picked back up on Sunday evening. And by Tuesday night, um, by the time I went to bed on Tuesday night around 1130, we were sold out. That is an amazing story. And I remember, I think that you and I were on an, I was doing an IG Live talking about Frocktail yep. on Sunday evening. And no, that I was think, Tuesday. 
Was that Tuesday that was, we did that, that was, live? We sold out while we were on the live. Okay, so on Tuesday, I got on to do an IG Live, which I normally, my IG Lives, as y'all know, if you're podcast listeners, are normally on Thursdays at 3 p.m., but for some reason, I was just sitting around on on Tuesday evening, and I was like, let me pop on and see who's on. I think I was probably, I was probably procrastinating, <laughs> as I often do for my real work. Same. And I was, I was like, let's just see what's going on on Instagram, rather than doing my actual job. And... um and I was talking about frog tails and like, well, what's that? What's that? And people were like, I'm interested. And then you came on and you were like, okay, y'all, we have I think 10 we tickets. Had, I think we had about 10 tickets when I got 10 tickets left. And then there was people who were like, I want to come. I want to come. I'm getting a ticket. No, I want to get a ticket. And people were buying the tickets right then and there. Yeah. Um, and there was such buzz and excitement around it. And, um, it was really great to see that show up. Like, I know this one woman who came from Dallas. Yeah, she, was on she, the was, she bought the very last ticket um, that was available. Yes. Yep. And um, that, yep. and she, and I got to meet her in person for the first time. Me too. Um, at Rocktails a couple of days ago. And she was so excited. Yep. And then um, you all had given Black Women Stitch for the, on the Stitch Peace podcast a ticket to do for a giveaway. And that person who won, that was um, so Shauna, she won our um, giveaway ticket. And she was delighted. She oh, was delighted. I don't think I get... I don't think I met her. Or if I, I don't. She was wearing this really beautiful um, sheath dress. I think it was like a, like a almost like a burgundy um, or pale burgundy sheath dress with some lovely pleating in the front. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was so excited. She was excited to win and she was excited to be there. Oh, did um, you get a picture with her? I did not. I did not. I think that I keep hearing is that no one felt like they got enough pictures. I did not take enough pictures. Oh, I cannot wait to get pictures from Tris, our photographer, back. Oh, that's. I'm glad that there was a photographer there. Me too. Um, And and I saw a lot of folks taking, you know, pictures with um, their own phones, um, selfies, um, IG live videos, streams. Yeah. I I, I think I did that or meant to do that. It's so hard because it's like you it's it's like it's like you're torn between documenting the experience and just and having the experience in it and i and so i yeah, try I to live about, in the experience that is what i was trying to do as well i was definitely trying to live in the experience and i got some photos and i took a couple videos yeah. um that i had on my live and um I did try to get some photos and I posted a lot of them yeah. um, but like on my on my stories but I think I think a collage or some type of other reflective project would be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, um, that's what I'm thinking about doing. Um the I got the boomerangs and the pictures from the photo booth so later on this afternoon I'm going to um I'm going to get on Squarespace and figure out how to add a gallery um gallery page to the website because the um the boomerangs particularly are they are rich they are precious oh good oh that's great that you have access to all those photos yeah, i have all that. of them i have all oh, i have wonderful. all kinds of um shenanigans fun little shenanigans it's really cute that's fantastic. So I'm glad that you were able to enjoy yourself at this event because so many other people enjoyed themselves as well. I think sometimes as a party host, um, you you are so busy working that you don't get to um, enjoy it in the same way as someone who's just coming without with very low stakes. Like I bought a ticket. My stake is that I bought a ticket. And I, and I made a dress and I'm here to meet people that I didn't meet before. What was one of the highlights of the evening for you? Um, one of my very favorite things was this, um, this lady came up and she said, um, I posted on the message board about carpooling from, um, from like close in Northern Virginia, like right outside of DC and somebody got on and said, okay, yeah, I want to, um, I would love to carpool with you because they were coming from the same city. And so they connected and shared addresses. They live one street, (laughs) they live one street apart and they didn't know each other. And now they do. And that was not the only person 
um, those, the only people for whom that happened, we heard at least four stories of people who live a street or blocks or in the same the same neighborhood connecting with someone who they didn't know existed three months ago, a month ago. And that to that that's my favorite part. That was that was my that was my goal. Um that's my hope because DC is my hometown. It's a small city, but it doesn't always feel that way because so many people come in from other places. It's a very transient population here. So it's easy to not feel connected to any one community. Um, And so that we were able to help people build community um, people from near and far, that that feels really good to me. Um, my other favorite moment was at the very end. Um, I wish we had been able to do it sooner, and I wish it wasn't a, a iPhone-quality picture. I wish we had been able to um, get it while the photographer was there. But when I was like basically stopping black women at the door and saying, come get in this picture, come get in this picture. People had coats on, they were ready to go. Um, and, and I just wouldn't let them leave to come get in the picture. I wish that we had been able to get every single one there. Um, I know there are a few who got out the door before we could get it together. Um, but the picture with the black women who were in attendance is, is precious. It's the first picture, um, on my series of pictures from the night because it it is precious to me. It is precious to me. And I think that for me, you know, at Black Women's Stitch, I think that that's, for me, it's actually um, such a vital intervention that you are able to make and a vital intervention in the larging and the larger and prevailing sewing community, you know, that Black Women's Stitch, you know, we center Black women, girls and femmes in sewing. And I, for sure, when I looked at that photo, I was like, oh my gosh, or even just looking around the room, I thought there was such a good representation of us. I thought that, that, you know, for me, seeing these folks who I had been admiring their work, you know, but never met in person, like, you know, I was, you know, Gari Child and, you know, she, I was telling her, I was like, you are the reason that I made my single and sole purchase on Black Friday. You know, (laughs) I bought this, I bought the stereo sweater because because you and your husband were modeling it, oh, you know. Oh yeah, they were. Um, they looked so good. <laughs> and so, like, and there was so many moments like that, you know, Fiso Crafty, and like all of these, you know, people whose work I had just swooned over. Oh my goodness, um, Renee and Sealy Pants. I, oh yeah, Miss Sealy Pants. Obsessed and, with everything she makes, all her stories. Uh, Yes, oh. yes. And, you know, and Mac makes space, like all yeah. these folks that, you know, that I've seen on Instagram, but didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't know, for example, the woman that bought the last Frogtails ticket, Lois Monet, that's not her name. She's no. Lois Monet on Instagram. But I was like, oh, wait, that's you, you know? And so it was, it's just, it was just a, such a wonderful, it was like a reunion. It was like reunion. And, you know, my plan almost everywhere I go is to have a black-ass good time. And even if it's not only black people there, um, I'm still, I'm black. I'm bringing my black ass to the event. So it's going to be a black-ass good time. And it totally was. It totally was. It really did. um, It was such a nice way to kind of pull in the larger sewing community. Um, But for me, making connections with these other black women who I had been seeing and following, um, but to really develop just a chance to connect a name to a face. Yeah. um, Really was something that I really appreciated. It, it, uh, 
I'm crying now, so sorry. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to find words. It was it was a dream come true. That was that was my dream for all of the time that I've been bugging Katie. We should do this. We should do this. We should do this. Um, to have it realized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> In such a short time, that's the thing that I can't get past. That you went to a DC, you went to a Frocktails in Atlanta in November, and in just in a month later, the tickets for your own Frocktails are all sold out. Yeah, like that just shows too. I think that there was a really powerful uh, need or desire yeah. for what you created and what you brought to the D.C. metro area and that people travel like the people that found each other who lived right around the corner. And now they can create now they'll have sewing friendships um, because they have people that they can connect with who are close to them. I think that's great. As well as people who came from far away, folks coming from Kansas City, from Houston, from Dallas, um, from from the Bronx, you know, like I from just thought that was Hampton and way out in Gainesville, down in Norfolk. Yep, yep. From, from far away, mm-hmm. came from North Carolina, from Atlanta. That's right. The that's Sierra right. came from Atlanta. That's right. That's right. Somebody else came from Atlanta as well. Yeah, I didn't know that. I there's at least two people from Atlanta. I I'm. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stunned. I can't believe people thought so much to come because we put a post on Instagram. That's right. That's right. It really was like, you know, it's kind of like, like, I guess they say bees to honey. I don't know if bees like honey. I think they just make, but anyway, or moth to a flame. It's something, whatever it was, whatever that analogy is um, about, people being drawn to something because they have an innate connection to it. That's what I was drawn to uh, with this event. Um, I knew that you were, um, that this was a passion project for you. Um, and so I was like, well, I definitely want to um, to be in the mix as this is coming up. And it did not disappoint um, in, in any way. It was, I feel like DC Frogtails owes me Nothing. Let me tell um, you, like one time for the DJ, because DJ DC Infamous got the party started and it never stopped. And then I didn't even I didn't even get to use my cup. My cup is still down here in my bag. I had one sprite at the end of the night, and my cup is still sitting here with my name on the top, empty. And clean because I didn't, I didn't even get to ha- get a drink. I was here and there and running around. But I heard from several people that the bartenders Francis and Neek did y'all yes. so. You're listening to the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch. And I'm talking with Naomi P. Johnson, the heart and soul of DC Frocktails. Coming up, learn why some of us will be forever, shall I say, marked by DC Frocktails. Listen up. And then can we talk about um, oh, Ashley? Yes, and I, Eric, okay, so what she's showing y'all, we, um, she's showing me, um, I'm recording audio and she's recording video. We both got tattoos. Our first tattoos. Our first tattoos. You probably had a nice experience with nobody heckling you, but I hate. Hey, you said you wanted emotional support. That was heckling. That was not emotional I gave support. you emotional support. <laughs> Me and Kenora Renee gave you emotional support in the form of, are you heckling. kidding? This doesn't even hurt. It I just hurt. did it. Let me tell you what. That thing hurt. Anybody who says tattoos don't hurt is telling a tall tale. It hurt. It still hurts. I washed my hands yesterday and forgot it was there. And I like I like the water hot. 
and hot water splashed up on my wrist and I screamed because it hurts. Well, I did not get mine on my wrist. Mine is on my forearm. I think I'll try to show a photo of it. I can only use so many photos for the podcast. Um, It only gives you two photos and they don't always show up. I know on Apple, the photos don't show up, but on Spotify and other players, they do. Um, but we're gonna, I'll show a photo of my amazing new and first tattoo, which was wonderful. And just and and it was a lot of people did it too. A like lot when of I people got tattoos. A lot of people, and they're um, all sewing themed, y'all. They're sewing themed tattoos that yeah, they had available. I haven't and followed the tattoo up. artists. Um, work right near where the Three Little Birds shop is. Yeah, so this is another kind of community right event. I'm mm-hmm. I'm sitting in Three Little Birds now. Um, my brother is having a baby, and uh, the baby shower is next week on Sunday. Um, so I made the top a couple weeks ago um, and then set it aside because frocktails. Um, but I need to finish the baby quilt this week. So since I didn't go to work today, I gave myself that gift. Um, I'm going to push the cutting tables out of the way and put the base the quilt on the floor so that I can get that done. But um I forgot what I was saying. Um yeah, Eric and um and Ash work upstairs at um Sachmo Art Tattoo Studio. Um I haven't followed up to find out how many they did, but they did a lot. There there was never a lull in the traffic going to, into the um into the room where they were doing tattoos. I feel like they did easily 20. I think so. Um, because you got one, Quinora got one, me, Katie, and Tammy got one. That's five. The photographer right. got one um, at the end of the night. Then um, that's, so that's six that I'm mm-hmm. on my hands that I know. And there were easily, um, two of the ladies from Spoonflower got them. That's Right. They easily did 20. Easy. And I didn't have an appointment. Like, I was like a walk-in. And oh, there was that's right. There were six walk-ins. people who had yeah. scheduled. That's 12. Yeah. So yep. they easily did 20 tattoos yeah. on Saturday yeah. night. Um, and the idea of having it right there, it was just such a, it was just a fun thing to do. It was just yeah, so it many. Was, it was great for somebody like me who's susceptible to peer pressure. Yes. People go, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. My FOMO gets activated, and suddenly I'm on a table with a trash can in my in my arms. So, Which you didn't even need. It was close, though. She did not need a trash can, y'all. It was y'all. very close. It was, it was She was go. fine. No, I was not fine. <laughs> it was touch and go. Oh my gosh. I had so much fun. And when I, and, and I think I have, I'm still, I'm so glad you were able to take Monday off, take today off. I have not, I still have, I have a meeting, but it's not, you know, I don't have to teach today, which is great because I am just now, I think getting all the DC frog tails, residue, um, hangover spirit or whatever. Um, out of my system just it was a long drive yesterday I tell you that (laughs) yeah but it was good it's a good happy residue a good happy feeling and I I have not even opened the gift the goodie bags yet oh yeah I heard so much praise about the goodie bags and the swag bags and all the stuff that's in there y'all we had um these these cups that have lids that are good for hot and cold beverages, which was a souvenir. They were all washed and cleaned and ready to be used, and it kept it cut down on the disposable cups. Yeah, and it kept us. You know, it was just like a fun, festive thing to have. So some people use their many, many I think use their cups that most same night. Most people did. Um, uh-huh. I, I, know, I know that most people did because we were re- able we were able to return um, the one of the we had like two thousand cups. We were able to return one package of them. We didn't even open them. So, oh, that's amazing. Store. We didn't need them. That's great. That was, so that was a nice, sustainable that was, activity. I, I thought that was great. That was that was something that was pretty important to us, making sure 
that um, the bags or the bags that the swag came in or something that can be reused that um, that we weren't making a big environmental impact with cups and plates and all of those things that have to be thrown away. So while we did have some um, some plates um, for the food, they were compostable plates. The the utensils not so much but like we thought about that we didn't want to be creating a bunch of trash um, because that's one of the things that's important to um, people who sew is being more thoughtful and careful in our consumption of um, of fabric and materials and being thoughtful about the impact that we have on the fashion industry um and so if we're thinking about sustainability in one way we should be thinking about it in all ways so that was with intention i think that was excellent and it turned out so splendidly yeah i was gonna ask if you had any advice for anyone who had the same experience as you I want to do a party. I want to bring a frog tails to my community. Um, this is a dream that I have. What do you recommend to make it happen? Do it. Find find a place and and create create a buzz. Um, create an Instagram account and tag some people who are local to you and generate a buzz. Um, D.C. DC is kind of unique because we have D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, and Northern Virginia anyway, right here. So, And there are a lot of people who sew. Like Three Little Birds has classes and workshops and things going on all of the time. So um, we knew that there would be people here who were interested. There are also um, some fabric stores in some independent fabric stores in Baltimore and a couple in Northern Virginia, one in close in Northern Virginia and one in a little bit further out in Northern Virginia. Having, um, having the knowledge that there is a sewing community in D.C., and there are a couple of local um, sewing groups on Facebook. Um, getting the Instagram account up, getting the website up quickly, and posting in those local Facebook groups created um, created a buzz right away. Um, if there are Facebook groups that you belong to with local sewists, do a survey in the group and find out who's interested. People have been seeing Frogtails, um, Atlanta, Seattle, um, Atlanta and Seattle are, I think, the first ones that I saw in the D.C., in the United States. And then D.C., um, now that that's come to pass, people have said, oh, I want to do this in my city. Um, I saw in our stories, somebody in Miami is um, put in our stories like we have to get this in Miami we um, we talked to someone in New Orleans um, a couple weeks ago maybe it's been about a month ago now about a New Orleans frocktails so there there is some desire talk to the people in your community if there's an independent fabric store um, talk to the people at the independent fabric store. M- make it happen. There, There is desire. Maybe it can't be on the same scale as DC Frocktails. DC Frocktails was on a larger scale, I think, than um, Seattle and Atlanta because we cover just a larger geographic area um, all the way up to Baltimore and all the way out into Loudoun County, Virginia. That's a big radius. um, The farthest reach of Loudoun County um, can take anywhere from an hour to 90 minutes to get to. Baltimore is about 45 minutes away. Baltimore is going to be having a frog tail later on this year. Um, So 
there's will if I'm out very likely be going up to Baltimore frocktails um because Christina from domesticity she came down for us and she brought the props for the photo booth which was delightful um they were so cute so there's will um and there's interest you just have to find people willing to um to partner with you and help you get it done um for us we we went from an idea to execution in three months um and that was rough but to me it was worth it um and we're happy to we're happy to talk to anybody who's trying to do it themselves they can send us an email send us a direct message on instagram we're happy to we're happy to help in whatever way we can that's wonderful thank you so much naomi for being here i'm talking with naomi p johnson you can find her on instagram um she is the 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 driving heart and soul of dc frocktails and again thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today um and congratulations on a fantastic event thank you lisa for your support and enthusiasm and encouragement and your help the day before and your (sighs) for everything thank you you're so welcome You've been listening to the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch. Today's episode was called DC Frocktails, a love story. And I was talking about my time at DC Frocktails and closed it off with a wonderful conversation with Naomi P. Johnson, the heart and soul of DC Frocktails. Please do check the show notes. I will have a long list of the supporting um, team, which includes... um, DNH Fabrics and Three Little Birds. You'll also find information and links to Naomi P. Johnson's Instagram page as well as her Facebook group, Cut So Wear. Thank you again for listening to the Stitch Please podcast. Um, if you'd like to find more ways to support the podcast, there's lots of ways to do that, including an adorable enamel pin for $15. Becoming a Patreon subscriber or Patreon patron is something we appreciate, as well as one-time donations to our Venmo, Cash App, and PayPal pages. Thank you again for tuning in to this episode. Tune in and join us next week, and we will help you get your stitch together. <laughs>